Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You see, when it comes to being a towel bearer like Jesus, it's not a one-time action. It's not a, just a seasonal thing that we do. It's not, certainly not something we do when we feel like it. A towel bearer sees service as a way of life. It's just who we are. And we're always looking for opportunities to do that. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the same way that Jesus' purpose was a life of service, so was our life meant to be characterized by service as well. We are called to place others' needs, interests, and wants ahead of our own. But that can be hard to do. We wonder if our service is making a difference. We wonder if anyone cares that we are serving, and we wonder if we have enough energy to keep serving. Those are just a few of the reasons why serving others can be difficult to do. But God still calls us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. In today's sermon, Pastor Philip is going to encourage us to do just that as we embrace a life of service. Please enjoy the message. people who are going to hurt him. He's going to wash the feet of a guy who betrayed him, who's going to betray him. He's going to wash the feet of another one who's going to deny him right in his face. He's going to wash the feet of 10 others who abandon him. Because when it comes to bearing a towel, we have to ask, why would Jesus do that? And the reason that Jesus would do that is because towel bearers are willing to serve everyone. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, for me, it's, I like to help people who help me. I like to help people who help themselves. But it's kind of hard to help someone who, who hurts me. Maybe, maybe you can relate to that. Because how do you serve a husband who has never been thoughtful of your needs one day in his life? That, that's what it means to bear a towel. How, how do you serve a wife who never stops and says, I appreciate everything that you've done for this family? How do you serve a child who never wraps their arms around your neck and says, thank you? How do you serve a coworker who talks behind your back or a neighbor who always, who's always ta- taking and never giving? How do you serve a father who no matter what you do, it's not good enough. How do you serve when you feel unappreciated and unnoticed by the people around you? How do you, how do, you do this? Well, it's pretty hard because there is this fleshly side of all of us that doesn't want to do it. But the Apostle Paul says to us, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Because you know what, if you harbor those, those resentful feelings, and you know what, if you, if you try to get even, maybe you do get even. You're, you're still going to heaven. You're still going to be forgiven. There's still grace for you. But the Apostle Paul says, don't indulge the flesh. Don't give in to that level of resentment. Rather, serve one another humbly and love. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what your relationship is with your, your neighbors. Um, my, mine, mine has always been pretty good. Um, but recently, we, just in the last couple of months, we had a new neighbor come next to us as she moved in. And um, 
And, and so we, we had some initial interactions that were, were pretty positive. And, and, and then I noticed this unusual habit of hers. She, she would always park her car in front of my house. And, and, you know, once or twice, it wasn't a big deal. It was fine. I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense because the front of her house was wide open. Her driveway was open. Her garage was open. But somehow she just kept parking in front of my house. And I thought, well, that's, that's a little odd. That's strange. One day, two days, three days, two weeks go by. She's still parking in front of my house, just parking right there. No reason for her to park because her house was wide open. Driveway, front of her house, all of it. She could go anywhere, but she somehow lands right in front of my house. Well, one day I come home and, and, and I want to park in front of my house because I always park in front of my house. We have a narrow, narrow driveway and, and my wife needs room to back out and then my kids like to play in the driveway sometimes or at the very least they're coming out of the garage on their bikes and, and it's a little challenging trying to sort around my car. And At any rate, I always park in front of my house, but I haven't been able to because she keeps parking in front of my house. Well, I come home and I'm, I'm like, all right, this is, this is too much. Two weeks, and this is crazy. I need to do, I'm, we're, we, gotta, we gotta, gotta have a conversation. And I, and I know, I know, I know, I know. It's not like an assigned spot. I know it's not my spot. I know there's really not a lot you can do about it, but it's just about being a considerate neighbor. Like, quit parking in front of my house. So I go, I go over to her, and, um, and she just happened to be outside, and she's like, hey, Phil. And I'm like, hey. I need to park in front of my house. Would you please move your car? And, and then she starts, she didn't appreciate that. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't appreciated this car being in front of my house for two weeks. So I need, I need to be able to park in front of my house because I want my kids to be able to play in my driveway, et cetera, et cetera. And then she just keeps kind of chirping at me as she's walking. She's frustrated. She's mad. She's like, I didn't realize we had assigned parking spots in front of our house. I didn't know I couldn't park there. I thought the street was wide open. I'm like, the street is wide open. I just don't want you parking in front of my house. And, and I like, I, uh, so I'm, I'm like, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm frustrated. She's frustrated, but she moves her car. She moves her car. And, and obviously there's some tension as a result of this interaction that we've had. And so, you know, a couple weeks go by. We don't, we aren't talking. Probably won't ever talk again at that point. <laughs> and then I hear that she's like gossiping about me to the neighbors and talk, just saying all sorts of mean things. And, and it's all good. It's all good. You're just kind of go, just going with the flow. And then there's this, uh, this day that I'm, I'm out and, um, and I'm trying to spray for the weeds. And we've got rocks that separate our properties. And, and there's these weeds coming up. And they don't really come up. They just go out. And they're primarily coming out from her side of the rocks. So I'm spraying, I'm spraying, and, and, there, and I know where our property line is, and um, I don't think she knows, but I know. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, man, and it's like just through gritted teeth, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I really don't want to spray over on her side, because that's not my responsibility. But I'm, I'm just kind of spraying and spraying, and there's not a lot of weed killer in the, in the container I have, and I'm spraying on my side, spraying, 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 and I'm just like, like, okay, I'll throw some drops over there. I'll just, through, I mean, I, I just give in. I'm like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to help out a little bit. And I'm spraying, and I'm spraying, and I'm spraying. And then all of a sudden, I hear this, thank you, Phil. And I'm kind of looking around, looking around. And then there was my neighbor up in the window. And she said, thank you for, thank you for spraying. Thank you for doing that. And I'm like, oh, Yep, no problem. Easy. It was just, this was, I just, my heart just really wanted to do this for you. <laughs> so I spray and spray, spray up all the, spray up all my weed killer for her. 
And uh, you, this, the relationship went from being very tense to now that interaction's a distant memory that we initially had. I, and she parks, she doesn't bother with parking in front of my house anymore. And, and we talk a little bit when we see each other and there's no more tension. Everything's good. And it wasn't easy. But why is it that way? It was because I was willing to help her even though I didn't want to. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. The relationship was restored because I was willing to, through gritted teeth, serve her. And maybe, maybe that's a posture that might help you with some of the tension you're dealing with some people. Maybe that's a posture that might help you with a spouse or with your children or even with an inconsiderate neighbor, for that matter. Maybe that would just help God's kingdom to come more into this world if Christians were willing to put down the robe because it's not all about what people do for us, and to pick up the towel and say, how can I serve you? And that's what Jesus does. He looks into this room of people who he knew were going to abandon him, betray him, and deny him. And he gets down on his feet. And as we're going to see in a moment, he begins to wash their feet. And understand, there weren't sewer systems. It, they were, their feet were muddy, and they had all kinds of germs on them, and we're worried about COVID. I mean, they had all kinds, they had stuff that would like kill you immediately roaming through their streets. I mean, it was terrible what was going on that would have been on their feet, and Jesus gets on their feet, feet gets, on, gets down and begins to wash their feet. And as our text goes on, it says, so he got up from the meal because he saw no one else had washed the feet. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So, so again, it, this was a job that was reserved for the lowest of the servants, probably a slave, and the one who is the greatest in the room gets down, becomes a towel bearer, and he decides to meet the need that was before him. There was a need that was there. He, wasn't, he, he didn't want to teach him a lesson. He, he wasn't worried about performing a miracle. It was a menial task that anybody could do, but it was a need that needed to be met. And as I've talked with people, 
and some of you and many others at other churches, what I've found is that there's a tendency of ours to just want to serve where we have experience, to just serve where, to give a little where we've, you know, got a skill set that we maybe developed. For example, a few years ago, I was an associate pastor at a church, and we were a fairly large church, and, and the church was growing significantly, and we were at a point where we really needed to recruit some volunteers, kind of like where we're at right now as, at this church. We needed to get some people in place to support ministries and also to help people get more connected at the church. So we were, having the, we were, we were in a process of a big push to recruit volunteers, and, and it was kind of stressful because I was primarily responsible for it. I'll never forget a conversation I had with the guy, though. I was talking with him, and I was simply just talking with him about being a greeter. That's it. Just open the door, greet people. That's all you got to do. I mean, that's like as basic entry level as it gets when it comes to serving. Very important. Very, very important. Don't want to undermine that. But it's, it was just an entry level service opportunity. And, and he did counseling as a profession. And this is what his response was to me. He said, ah, you know, if I'm opening a door, I don't feel like my skills are being utilized. But if you have anyone on staff who needs counseling, that's how I'd like to serve. I just, I'm like, and I'm thinking, I got to recruit volunteers. I'm going to need counseling if, if, you don't, if I don't get people serving here. And he's worried about counseling the staff, which is significant. It needs to be done, like maybe every few I don't know, years. I need people opening up doors every Sunday and you're worried about counseling? But there's a part of us that just, that's like that. And it starts at a young age. I don't know if you've noticed this. It really does start at a very, very young age for us, like as a baby. And this is totally understandable. Baby, feed me, change me, hold me, meet all my needs. And then we grow up a little bit, uh, teen, adult children. Some of you've got those. Uh, maybe, maybe you are one of those. But we have these same expectations. Pay for my phone, pay, pay for my phone, pay for my car, pay for my college, pay for my wedding, watch my kids. I mean, come on now. I mean, we're all, I know, I know like all of you are very supportive of your, your kids and, and your grandkids, but you know, four date nights in a week is a little much. Like, <laughs> we got expectations of our spouse. Meet my needs, take care of me, make me happy. We got expectations of God. Make me happy, make me smarter, make me successful, give me more money. Got expectations of our church. Feed me, serve me, meet my needs, take care of my kids, call me, text me, notice me. It just goes on and on and on. But the mark of spiritual immaturity is meet my needs, while the mark of spiritual maturity is how can I meet your needs? And maybe one of the biggest shifts that we need to have take place in our hearts is that we really want to meet the needs of those who are around us. We really want to, to sign up in a ministry that may not necessarily fit our college degree. But man, it's going to meet a need. And there's going to be some kids that are blessed by it. And there, there's going to be some people that want to be a part of this community because of what you do. And you're just going to die to yourself a little bit. Because that's what gets in the way of our spiritual maturity more often than not. It's not the sermon. Man, and it, it's often ourselves. It's that we're so worried about ourselves and our needs that we aren't willing to help meet the needs of others. The, the Apostle John said this to us. This is how we know what love is. 
that Jesus Christ laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. And so we got to be willing to hold the towel and to meet the need that is in front of us just like Jesus. And then the text, that goes on. He came, Jesus, to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Jesus is doing this incredible service to Peter. And Peter doesn't even recognize it. You been there? Helped somebody, served somebody, loved somebody, cared for somebody, gave money to somebody, and it was just like, they didn't even acknowledge what you were doing. When it comes to being a towel bearer, towel bearers do not seek recognition. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Whenever you look in the book of Acts, there's a story of Ananias and Sapphira. And it's, it's really this wild story of these people who were struck down at the very beginning of the church beginning. But they came before the apostles, and as they came before the apostles, they came with money. And they lied. They sold some land. They gave part of the proceeds to the church. But they said they gave it all to the church. They did that because they were seeking recognition. Their heart wasn't in the right place. And often we can have that same tendency. Galatians says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of, or Matthew says this, your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. In other words, don't be righteous. Don't do the right things because you want others to recognize it. And then again in Galatians, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings, the Apostle Paul says, or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. In other words, you cannot desire recognition and still really serve Christ. Because what you're really doing is serving yourself. I, I have a mentor of mine, good friend of mine. His name's Kyle Eidelman. And he pops in, he'll pop in periodically and has come here to preach. And one of the most important lessons he taught me very early on in ministry as I worked for him for a period of time was that you have to do this, like what I do, for an audience of one. He said, you got to do it for an audience of one. 
If you're doing it for people and their attention and their recognition and whatever it is they may say to you, you will be sorely disappointed. Because he said there were days he was at a smaller church, he would he put 30 hours into a sermon and he didn't even have two or three people come and tell him it was a good job. And he said he felt a lot of resentment because of that. And then he read this verse. He talked to some mentors of his. And what it came down to was he has to do it for an audience of one. And God is that audience. He had to focus on serving for the Lord as he was serving people and not serving himself as he was serving people to get their recognition. We've got to do it for an audience of one. And towel bearers are only focused on God and his purposes and not what it is that people think of what it is that we are doing. And the text goes on, No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, Jesus said? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is exactly what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I have set you an example that this is the way you are supposed to live your life. You see, when it comes to being a towel bearer like Jesus, it's not a one-time action. It's not a, just a seasonal thing that we do. It's not, certainly not something we do when we feel like it. A towel bearer sees service as a way of life. It's just who we are. And we're always looking for opportunities to do that. There's going to be many opportunities for you to plug in here at the church. Our children's ministry is one of them. And you'll learn about those out in our lobby area. Uh, whether it's our children's ministry or student ministry with the adults, whether you're helping with hosting or greeters, lots of opportunities. And we'd love to get you plugged into those. I want to bring this thing full circle, though. You see, the Bible actually talks about a white robe. I, I don't know if you know this. But the, an interesting thing happens. The Bible teaches us that if we're willing to lay down our robe in this life and pick up a towel, that we actually get a robe in the next life. Revelation chapter 7 says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes. And were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You see, in this world, if you want a white robe, it's, it's all about you getting served. What's amazing, though, is in the next life, what we realize is we get a white robe. And it's not about our accomplishments, it's not about our achievements, it's not about how great we are. We get a robe because of how great Jesus was. And the fact that he died for every single one of your shortcomings, mistakes, sins, and all of that is washed clean, white as snow, 
by the blood of the Lamb. And that is how he served every single one of you. And he set that example for you. We're going to have a time of communion. And it's in this time of communion in which you take that packet that you were given. The juice represents his blood that was shed. The cracker represents his body that was broken. And it's there that we remember. And you take a few moments as our team continues to lead us in worship to remember the sacrifice, the service that Jesus displayed for each and every one of us. The white robe that he's made available to you one day in heaven because he loved you so much that he was willing to die for you. Let's pray. We'll have our time of communion and we'll continue to lead our church in worship. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the example you set us in Christ, the love that you've displayed for us in him. Father, open our hearts, open our minds, Lord, to how you would have us to take next steps in our lives, to be more of a servant, to follow in your examples, not so that we might receive recognition, but so that we would offer appreciation for all you've given us in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.